0: Hello, Albert here, co-host and editor for the film room. As you know, our schedule's pretty fluid and sometimes we record and release pretty quickly, and sometimes there's a lull where our personal life intervenes we end up stockpiling episodes, like now for instance. And sometimes we purposely record an episode to be released much later when the timing's right. Well, We recorded this episode on August 9th as shortly after Guardians of the Galaxy released theatrically, scheduled to come out around this time. As such, a lot of things have changed regarding discussion of the future Marvel films. We felt our speculations and just plain outdated info were fun enough artifacts to be preserved in the cast proper. However, there were so many changes that we decided to go ahead and address them here in the preamble. First off for the good news. The Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds, that was previewed in the talked about test footage, has been greenlit since its recording. Huzzah! More good news Marvel has since announced their Phase 3 slate. I wish we'd known about it during their court so we could have talked about it some more between us, but for those who don't know, here's the rundown. Next year, of course, we get Avengers Age of Ultron Ant-Man. The 2016 has Captain America Civil War in May, pitting Tony Stark against Steve Rogers. The are indeed returning to direct. And November will bring Doctor Strange, who has been confirmed will be played by Benedict Cumberbatch. The casting choice often alludes to in the post-discussion of this episode. After that, 2017 has two movies for a summer, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in May, which has been bumped up for its original non-summer date, and Thor Ragnarok in July. The year finishes with Black Panther in November, who will be introduced in Civil War. Then comes 2018 with Avengers Part 1 Infinity War in May. We're so excited about that which is rumored to be directed by none other than the Russo brothers, again. After that in July, we'll have Captain Marvel, a female-led movie, yay. And the year will finish with The Inhumans in November. Are you noticing a month's pattern here? Last on the sizeable slaves, of course, Avengers Infinity War Part 2 in May 2019, once again directed by the Russo's, rumored. We're both so excited for all those. And lastly, some bad news, as of very recently, Sony Pictures looked to be in some deep shit over hacked emails paired with controversy over pulling a certain movie to be discussed soon. Even before that, there were talks of Marvel and Sony negotiating over the rights to use Spider-Man, the MCU. Part of the email hack reveals that if that goes down, Andrew Garfield might be let go from the series, assuming they go through with their plan of making more after Spider-Man 2 flopped. Now with the interview fiasco, who knows what will happen with Spider-Man, so he may sell them off to make back some quick cash, anybody's guess. So with that we'll relatively quick update, let's get into the cast. Hope you enjoy. I can't
1: stop this feeling
0: Hey everybody hello welcome to the film room uh special episode today this
1: is our marvel number three well it's it's number three uh exclu- excluding the lost tapes this is our wrap up of marvel basically hitting the th- films that have come out since yeah we've, we've got a lot to say about these films um
0: full spoilers on all we know guardians just came out we can't talk about it without spoiling. And plenty of you have seen it. If you haven't seen it, stop listening to this right now. Go see it. Come back.
1: Yeah. We do mean right now. Yeah, just, just. I mean, I guess that's a spoiler of our opinions on it, but, uh, since that's the one that's going to be the most likely to be spoiled, yeah, go see it. Um, go see it firmly. So, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been quite a time since we last recorded those, uh. We did get a fun addendum to the Marvel casts uh, back in uh, June. That was a fun one. Got to revisit Punisher Warzone briefly.
0: In the most epic way.
1: Yeah. So, we, uh, you know, as I said, it's been an interesting year for the uh, company. Uh, I suppose the best way to start off uh, before we hit the films is to note, this is the year in which we really felt the impact of the cinematic universe. This is the year where DC decided that they really hardcore wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Um, we have uh, Batman versus Superman coming in March of 2016.
0: Yeah, which was originally supposed to be what June 2015.
1: Yeah, yeah, they 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 bumped that one a bit. Um, they they they've announced a very ambitious initiative to try and get a cinematic universe going. I don't want to be a partisan, but I'm a little bit skeptical about it, um, especially since
0: they've only had one film so far to say it up. Yeah,
1: I mean, Marvel announced a slight, Don't get me wrong, uh, after Iron Man, but they were still cautious enough to do a little bit of wait and see. Right. I I, I don't want to I don't want to criticize DC too much. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, this is also. The year that Marvel has faced a little bit of negative publicity due to all the stuff revolving around uh, Ant-Man.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, we've been waiting for Edgar Wright's Ant-Man since 2008. So much so that that's when I first heard of Scott Pilgrim. It's like, oh yeah, he's doing this thing called Scott Pilgrim first. It's like, what the hell is Scott Pilgrim? And of course, we all know what happened after that. Yeah. But glad he got to do that before. Yeah, disappointed that he's leaving Ant-Man, but, you know,
1: that frees him up. He's going to do his own project, and uh, I take the attitude of, I'll wait and see on the film. That will be one that we will be getting to next year. Hopefully, if it comes out. Oh, they're shooting. They're shooting, so it's going to come. Oh, they're shooting? Yeah. yeah okay, they're... they
0: have a director and they're shooting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's happening. It's happening. Um, Who'd they get? Uh, Peyton Reed, uh, the director of Bring It On. And I can already hear a lot um, of people I can hear a lot of people wincing. He's actually kind of legendary for desperately wanting to do a Marvel film. Uh he's quite passionate about the material. He really oh, good. loves comic books. Um he loves this world. He was the original director signed to do Fantastic Four, and his ideas oh. for it were awesome.
0: Okay. Well that's good then. So least we're getting somebody passionate.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're getting somebody in there that really wants to be doing it and really loves this material, so that does give some hope. You also started to see uh, the uh, attempts to lift the cinematic universe coming uh, for uh, with uh, Sony announcing a series of Spider-Man spinoffs, and we're gonna get to that. We're we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to my thoughts on that uh, very shortly.
0: Yeah, because there's also there's also along with the Marvel Studios thing which are in turn kicking up their own Marvel cinematic universes.
1: You know, so again, we we've got a we got a lot to discuss, so let's begin where we left off. We left off with uh Thor the Dark World enjoyed it i do agree with some that it's probably on the weaker end of the uh, films
0: but that's saying something in that it's really really solid and really good i enjoyed it oh i enjoyed it more than the first
1: i i still enjoyed it quite a bit i still thought it was a good solid epic adventure film it just maybe wasn't quite as it's not on the avengers or the first captain america level is what i'm saying It, it, and and certainly not iron man it's not there it's it, it it definitely feels like a sequel i but it 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 works it's it's fun
0: and like iron man 3 it does feel like a sequel to both films avengers and thor especially since loki is back uh he's not the villain but he's uh he he, he... i don't know
1: it's hard to describe his role he's still loki he's he's loki and uh, tom hiddleston continues to just be awesome in this uh mega franchise he he is having so much fun he's he's having the time of his life uh he's a hell of a performer and um hemsworth remains solid as thor i i I found a lot to enjoy about this one I, i really did um The bad guys were probably a little on the disappointing side. I could have used a little more from them. They're kind of generic foes. But that's okay. That's okay. Generic foes aren't a problem.
0: I think most of the story was uh, revolved around, like, the foes are almost a MacGuffin to the plot of, you know, Loki and Thor's relationship. And, of course, the uh, continued Natalie Portman and our relationship and just so that yeah it was it's mostly focused on the protagonist, which is okay.
1: And and god damn it, I know that uh the internet gave uh Kat Dennings pretty serious backlash for her comic relief in this film. But but her
0: it was amped up so much from the second from the uh, first film. And that's what people hated.
1: I love that. I did too. I honestly I think she's hilarious. I think she's got wonderful timing and uh I'll watch her in just about anything. Um, I'm I'm a except except for except for that stupid show. I have my limitations. Damn it!
0: I know nothing about it. I'm keeping
1: it that way. I've seen enough of it to know that it's pretty atrocious. But I, I I'm a fan, and uh, I I just I don't know. I found the film fun. It's is it in the top tier? Nah, but. It, it's still solid. It's still really solid.
0: Yeah. One one added note before we get out of it and go to the next. One aspect I personally enjoyed was that Chris O'Dowd is in it. Uh, who fans of the IT Crowd will know as Roy. Um, and he basically plays the same character, and it's hilarious.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a fan of O'Dowd's. Uh, God, I love. uh yeah. I love Bridesmaids so much. I've touched on that. Oh, he's before. in that oh yeah yeah he's he's the love interest oh man now i
0: really really have to see this film
1: yeah he's great in it he he's really a wonderful uh you know when you think about how bland those characters almost always are he's great because he's so genuinely likable oh great good (laughs) and he keeps his accent by the way he keeps the accent good yeah, they they actually as he should. <laughs> they explain it. It's Oh, man, consider that consider that a reason to make it a must see cuz yeah, he's he's good in that. Um yeah, I haven't seen his Hulu series
0: yet, but I'm I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I uh, I keep meaning to watch uh Family Tree with uh him um on uh Amazon Prime cuz m- my mother recommended it. It's uh from him and uh Christopher Guest. But yeah, that's that's one that I really quite liked. Uh, so, yeah, Thor 2, it, it should be noted that this film sets up, uh, officially sets up the concept of the Infinity Stones uh, in the post-credits yeah. scene. We get a uh, brief cameo by Benicio Del Toro as the uh, collector. It's such a wonderfully weird cameo, too. And we get the idea that the uh, ether in this movie, the... Uh, dark matter that's uh the big mcguffin uh is one of the infinity stones i'm not completely sure how as it's a uh swirling mass but uh I- i'll let that be figured out but that's uh that's a concept that will come up uh, again at the end of the cast <clears throat> so we're just putting that out there
0: one thing i do kind of wish that one or both of us had kept up with is the mar the uh, marvel tv series but that's okay
1: yeah kind of know vaguely what's going on there my understanding is that it was really slow and sluggish um and was kind of like dragging its feet until uh until our next film that we're going to discuss hit and then all of a sudden it just exploded into full gear and became amazing yes i will be watching agents of shield when it hits netflix uh gladly i'll be watching it um
0: Oh same. And I hear um one of the characters from Thor actually does appear in it.
1: Yeah, I understand Sif does show up. Yeah. I mean, I should be I'll be honest, I've been I've watched one comic book series this year, but it uh I uh I had the chance to watch Arrow season 1. Oh yes. Yeah, which is really awesome by the way. Uh comic book fans if if you're not watching this, wow, I don't know why because this is I know we're crossing the pond here, but yeah,
0: yeah, we can briefly discuss the opposition—the um, distinguished had, competition. You
1: know, that's how Marvel the distinguished refers competition. To, that's how Marvel refers to them is the distinguished competition.
0: Uh, one thing DC seems to be doing right consistently is their non-movie stuff, like non-movie, non-comic book stuff. If that makes sense. Not even again to New Fifty Two stuff, but it was announced not too long ago that, uh, their TV and movie universes will be two separate things, which is okay, and probably a good
1: move. Yeah, but it's still gonna mean that, uh, that they've got one of the major figures from the Justice League getting ready to get his own show, uh, with, uh, The Flash. True, yes. Which I've heard, by the way, that the pilot for that's supposed to be, it's online, that's supposed to be great. Cool. I'm, I'm waiting until I see the, uh, Green Arrow episodes, uh, that, uh...
0: That, that feature him.
1: yeah. But now I as I said i uh, I'm enjoying Arrow I, I think it's really damn good, but uh, yeah, let's jump on uh, to uh, Captain America. one got an april release date this was the year that marvel kind of seemed a little less certain of the films that they had in their cinematic universe stuff
0: yeah that's right because not neither of their now their films are firmly in
1: summer well they're they're both in off-peak dates um yeah and i really do believe in retrospect they kind of regret the decision yeah um this turned this turned out to be a weaker uh quite a bit of a weaker summer and, uh, they probably could have cleaned up, uh, had they put Cap in, uh, the summer. I think it did decent. Oh, no, it's, it did, it did more than decent. It did incredible numbers. Uh, yeah, it's still the top grossing film of the su- of the year. Oh, nice. Uh, not by much. By less than two million, it is the top grossing film of the year. But, pretty <clears throat> So, so far, then,
0: Guardians continues to do, uh... Really, extremely well, which it probably will.
1: Yeah, well, the top so far is uh is Cap. Uh, uh, incidentally, it does look like Guardians will lose the top spot, but oh, no biggie, no biggie. It's still gonna wind up having less than the uh, average drop. So yeah, so far Cap is actually the uh, top grossing film of the year by about two million. Um, actually, actually, the number two film is uh, one we've already done a minisode on, uh, the Lego Movie. So oh, nice, good, yeah. There, there's uh, there's a lesson here. It doesn't matter when you release your film. But, uh, yeah, um, as I said, getting back on track. Yeah, Marvel, they chose to go into two off-peak times, I guess because they were maybe a little less certain about these films. But uh, they chose to release Captain America 2 in April. And uh, that's a decision they've already announced they're not going to do again. They've set a uh, first weekend in May 2016 date for the third cap. Good. So... Let's discuss the Winter Soldier and why it's just so damned good.
0: Yeah, it's just, first of all it has Black Widow returning, and second it has the Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> that is such a great addition. I am so glad he's in there.
1: Yeah, um, he's played by Anthony Mackie from Pain and Gain and uh, The Hurt Locker. Mackie is one of those actors who he's in supporting roles but someone really needs to get this guy a lead role immediately because he's i mean he's the real deal he's charismatic as all hell he's just i mean he's really good and he's excellent <clears throat> Black captain america <clears throat> yeah well that that we 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 have to we almost have to address the controversy um it was announced this uh recently that The Falcon will be ascending to the role of Cap in the comics. I have no problem with that. No. Um, First of all, the rule that every comic book fan takes is that every storyline is temporary. You know that. We're not dumb. But also, I just like the idea that... I also like the idea. Yeah. I I, I like the idea. I think it's a fun one, so...
0: And the movie's set up so it could happen there, too.
1: Yeah. This is a uh, case where... I think more than any other movie series that Marvel has going, they're acutely aware of the fact that they've got a limit on how long they're going to have this one. Chris Evans has made it clear that he doesn't plan on sticking around much longer. And and so there is preparation already coming for, okay, who might replace him. And in this movie, we get two of his potential replacements. But even before we get to that, I mean this is a uh, this is a very different film from Marvel This is a very political film
0: yeah it's it's a game
1: changer all the way around uh, the story changes dramatically with this movie they take shield off the table completely yeah they eradicate it they lay everything bare uh no more secrets uh it's it's a it, yeah it changes everything um the status quo at the end, of this movie is not the same as it was when you walk in
0: hence the bleed over into agents of
1: shield yeah just upends the whole show yeah i mean this this is a pretty dramatic film it's it's a much darker film than its predecessor and i think that's appropriate that's good that's a good thing the first movie drew so much from the golden age comics and I know that, that actually alienated a lot of people i I know several people who found it too corny I, I i loved that about it. I loved that it was unashamedly a corny throwback to that era
0: yeah, I loved it 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 had that's why they hired Joe johnston, yeah, because uh the Rocketeer has that exact same feeling and it was it was entirely appropriate yeah
1: yeah it it was it was it It was a very gee whiz film. This movie is not that film. This movie is in the modern day. And it's, although it's funny, it really has echoes of the uh, political thrillers from the 1970s, big time. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why it's so fitting that Robert Redford is in the film. <laughs> yes. This is not really a spoiler because everybody who saw his casting could have guessed this. Of course he was the bad guy.
0: Of course he's the villain. He's
1: Robert Redford he's Robert Redford in a Marvel Comics film. You have to know he's playing the bad guy although he's he's not the most shocking of the uh choices for uh, villains that they get in the film. You have to love the fact that they uh took a, they grabbed Gary Shandling back from uh Iron Man 2 and brought him in and revealed that he was an agent of Hydra. Cuz that's the whole premise. Yeah. Is that Hydra has infiltrated Shield and served as kind of this festering unit inside of Shield. Really smart. And it actually plays off of a real-life fact that happened, which was that Nazi scientists did come over and did work with the uh, U.S. government. Um, They didn't do anything like this, but it uses that as a spur for an interesting what-if.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, of course, um, it takes place in Washington, D.C., and uh fun fun little tidbit it was actually filmed in cleveland where our friend beck Poppins lives she saw it and said yeah this was filmed way the fuck all over cleveland it's like i've eaten there i've shopped there nice a fun little tidbit
1: yeah (laughs) i'm i'm sure it would distract me if i lived there but oh well (laughs) um it's a it's a it's an attractive looking film too it was uh Shot by, uh, it was uh, directed by the Russo brothers, who previously worked on oh. a lot of community.
0: Oh god, yeah. And they're veterans of um, of Arrested Development. Yeah. And uh, their, their comic timing uh, is almost unmatched. Um, that translates very well into
1: action. It, it does. And,
0: yeah, I'm so glad they're returning for
1: the third film. This is, I mean, this is an action-heavy film. This is... This is a movie for anybody who feels like Marvel has ever shortchanged them on the action. There's a visceral quality to the action in this movie. You can feel the blows from the shield. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's another thing. Cap flings that shield at every possible opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have fun with it. it. It's Again, it's a really good-looking film. Um, <clears throat> and we haven't even hit on the most poignant element of the film is when we find out who the Winter Soldier actually is, which is Yeah. not a spoiler to anybody who's read the comics, but it does turn out to be his friend uh, Bucky Barnes from the first movie back again, whom we have thought died, except for the fact that those of us who knew where the story was going spotted the immediate moment where they set up this plot point. Right. Uh, I have heard it noted that it seems kind of funny that he's almost sidelined at times in the film, but that's okay. That's how he was in the original story. He's a he's a puppet. He's a puppet. That's exactly what he was in the original story, and that's what he is here. Sebastian Stan does a really good job with the part. Uh, he really conveys just the, the blankness, the haziness of the character, and uh, it's an interesting contrast uh, to his... Uh, You know, there's a flashback scene where we do see him and uh, young Steve, and you see the bond that these guys had, and you see why it hurts. And I like that it gives Cap a very specific reason to be doing this. So, yeah, I I, I really enjoyed his character. As always, I love Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. Marvel, please, dear God, get on giving her a solo movie.
0: Oh, please this shows every evidence that yes, yeah, she uh,
1: that character will carry a solo film very well i like that they don't give her a love interest at all in the film that thank god that she's not used for that that she's she's there as a competent agent she's there because she is well not she's not competent she's a badass agent and god damn johansson makes for a great action hero i got to say that she she can throw a punch pretty damn well yeah yeah, I, I just, oh, I've got, I've got so much love for this movie. Yeah,
0: you know, and she, she's not just there for Iron Man. Two kind of introduces her kind of background there. She is not background here. She is, she's the co-star basically. Yeah,
1: and really, her part could, her part is very much a sidekick part that would traditionally have gone to a male actor. I like that they did that. Right, she
0: has almost as much screen time as uh, Captain America himself.
1: Yeah, and again. Evans, of course, is just—I mean—he's just spot on as always. So, I, I love the continued thread of you know him
0: adapting to modern society, you know, catching up on seventy
1: years worth of music serves as a nice little thing for that. And of course, I got a hit on Samuel L. Jackson just bringing it as Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. He gets to do the most he's gotten to do yet in the part. He does. He gets to get active in this movie, and it's it's well, it's it's Sam Jackson kicking ass. What more do you say? It's it's beautiful, and the eye patch serves as a nice little plot point. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got a lot of love for that, Um, and so yeah, uh, it'll be out on video probably shortly after this gets released, Uh, if not if not beforehand. It's yeah, just definitely worth a look um what was the second post credit sequence I forget The second post credit sequence was uh Bucky uh going to uh the uh Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian and oh, yeah he starts to he he sees uh a, a, an exhibit on himself and he starts to realize, oh. You start yeah. to see his memories starting to come back. It's 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 a good shot. I remember that now. The yeah. first, of course, was uh, setting up uh, the twins, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. But uh, gonna hold my tongue on uh, Quicksilver because I'm gonna hit on him. Next up is uh, The Amazing Spider-Man Two. You didn't get to see it, I did Yeah, sadly Yeah, it's way out of theaters by this point It'll be on video probably, I think, next week Yeah I, I'm still glad that we're recording now Because I just don't know about this one I was positive on it when I was first walking out of the theater But that's why you really don't trust your first thoughts on a film Because I really the more that i thought about it the more that i got frustrated with it this is as a sheer visceral like special effects experience as just like an oh this is fun to watch moment it's it's decent but this is a movie with a lot of problems on the script level and that's what ultimately sinks it for me that's what makes it so that i'm it's okay if you want to see it watch it but if you don't i don't feel like you're going to miss much because this movie is a it's a goddamn mess on the script level. And it's a mess on the thematic level. They're
0: talking about spinning it off into a Sinister Six movie. Because this, this film introduces uh, three of the villains which are to become a Sinister Six. So, I don't know. With this phase, I don't know how they're going to... First off, I don't know how you can have a
1: film centered around six villains. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Everything Sony is doing with their solo, with their attempts to get like a universe of Spider-Man films coming, is I think it's much more desperate than what Warner Brothers is doing with D- with the DC comic stuff. I mean, because at least there they have a legitimate reason to create a universe. And I should note the people that actually have Marvel characters that they could spin off into their own universe aren't really doing it fox isn't looking at doing um, a series of x-men solo films yeah and they could do it they could do it that's the thing they could actually do that uh there's a long hit
0: did you see the deadpool test footage that, yes
1: um, yes i did yes i did i don't
0: think it's official in any capacity except for the people who actually want to make the film but god damn is it amazing it people is official
1: it. it is it is it is official? Yeah, I mean that well obviously that was definitely Ryan Reynolds of course. Yeah, that was Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. That's that's real test footage that they did to try and sell the studio. Fox, make this movie, please. Yeah, from, from
0: but from what I understand it's just test footage.
1: It's not like greenlit or anything. No, it's not. But but they could make that movie and I would actually watch it. Oh yeah. looks amazing. Especially if they did that. But with it, with Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's, it's a movie that screams out that they went into production without a finished script. And that's not always a problem. My favorite film of all time, Casablanca, didn't have one when they started shooting. But it's what you can make of it. Uh, apparently there are alternate endings. Um, like, there's at least one alternate ending that's such a major deviation from what they actually did that it really doesn't speak well to them, that they couldn't figure this out. Uh, like, there was an alternate ending in which we would have found out that uh, Spider-Man's dad actually survived uh, the attempt to kill him. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh. Yeah. No, I... This, that's the thing. This movie is so obsessed with its conspiracy and this plot that it's trying to spin that it... Ignores the fact that the audience doesn't give a shit about that, frankly. Right. I don't, I really don't care about the whole backstory about his parents. It's distracting in the way that it detracts from the canon that we already have.
0: I mean, I'm speaking from the point of view of having not seen the second film, but I did see the first film in theater. And, you know, they set up so much. Um, There's so much potential there. And uh, they, for the most part, left the backstory alone for another time. It's like, okay, this is going on, but we're just going to set it
1: aside for now and focus on this. That's the thing, is in this movie they reveal a bit more, but it still feels like they're setting up for a third movie. Like they, they're saving everything for a third movie, and that's the problem. This movie feels like it's setting up for so much more.
0: Um, I'll I'll use the original X Men films for comparison, and especially for the stuff with Logan. The first film, you know, you get a sense, you get like little snippets of flashbacks that, yeah, something something horrible happened that made him a lose his memory and B have like be like he is now, like with the adamantium skeleton. So you get a sense that there's something bigger going on, but it's, you know, it's set aside. It's it's kind of sequel bait. The second film, pretty much 99% of that is revealed. Mm-hmm. So all of that's out of the way. That's kind of the way you do it. You don't, like... Like, I know the MCU is setting up for, you know, the Infinity Stones and whatnot. But that's something you can build, you know. Yeah. Without without going, huh, okay. Although you don't... Like, it doesn't leave you with questions. It just It just shows you that they are... Setting up for something bigger.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, with the exception of Iron Man 2, you still feel like you've gotten a complete film. I mean, I still like Iron Man 2, but let's face it, it's very heavy on the setup for the Avengers. Which is ironic, since most of that got discarded completely. But you still feel walking out of those movies like, okay, you've gotten a complete film. With Amazing Spider-Man 2, you don't feel like you've gotten a complete meal. And that's why it's so frustrating. And I think that's why it took some time for me to really form my opinion about it, was because the action's the action's great. I mean I've got no complaints with the action sequences. Um Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone continue to have just phenomenal chemistry, and here's where the spoiler effect comes into play. It's just a shame that we don't get to see that that we won't get to see that in a third movie. Because Aww. Because they rather transparently, oh, well, again, I want to talk about the good things, but yeah, it's a shame that we won't get to see that in the third movie, but they really do have wonderful chemistry, uh, and I know that everybody would be quick to say, well, yeah, because they're really, they really are a couple, and yeah, that usually doesn't translate. It does here. These are two people who genuinely seem to like being with each other and genuinely get along, and they're good. They're They're really good together in this movie. Um, I really I've really got no compl- complaints with them. Jamie Fox, God help him, he tries. The stuff with Electro at the beginning of the film, where we see that he's a demented fan obsessed with Spider-Man, is really disturbing and not particularly entertaining. Uh it it also doesn't work. Here's the thing. There are actors you can cast as the awkward dweeb who doesn't have anything going for them. The problem with Jamie Foxx is it's like, you're too good-looking, you're too charismatic. No, I don't buy you in this part. Not for a second did I buy Fox, uh, as this awkward loser. If you want to see how the idea of Electro as an awkward loser would work better, watch the MTV animated series, which I generally don't say. The uh, MTV uh, animated Spider-Man show from uh, 2001 uh, did a much better job with this. Right. No in 2001. It was 2003 or so. I don't know. when. Yeah. It something like that. Yeah. Uh, with Neil Patrick Harris, as Spider-Man watch that.
0: Oh, I didn't know that was hidden That's cool.
1: Come to think about it. Neil Patrick Harris, as Spider-Man should tell you it's at least worth watching for that. MPH is a God. Um, but I, this is, this is just, this doesn't, it doesn't work. And that's the thing. I don't buy Fox in this part. Um, I did like Dane DeHaan as uh, Harry Osborne, but man, the movie wants to turn him into Green Goblin hard and fast.
0: Uh, I mean, I know the original Spider-Man films, it took three films for him to, for that character to turn into the Green Goblin. The first film we also had, yeah, uh, we had the Green Goblin.
1: Yeah, well, uh, they, they kill off Norman Osborn immediately. Um, he's in it one, he's in it in one scene, uh, and then a flashback. In uh, the, yeah.
0: in Spider-Man 2, they kill him off?
1: Yeah, uh, he's in one scene and then he's killed off, uh, which is a shame. Chris Cooper is awesome in his brief appearance. No, He's good, uh, but, you know, I like Dahan, uh, for God's sake, watch Chronicle, but he's, he's, I mean, he's kind of forced through this, thing and that's the thing they force so much um and that includes getting to the point in the third act where they realize oh crap we've got gwen stacy in this movie we're we, we can't make it to a third movie we with her alive boom and they kill her Ah, uh, lame yeah she's killed she's killed in a very forced manner um it's it's kind of pathetic um Although, they do set it up with the most god-awful foreshadowing imaginable early on. With her giving a graduation speech about how we should live for the moment. And, you know, it's just, it's this speech that screams out, this will come back in an ironic echo. Shit. I mean, as I said, I like the action. Uh, Garfield's quips are great. Uh, You know, the, the fights are good. It's... It's not, and it's not anywhere near as bad as Spider-Man 3. It's, it's not, I mean.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's a whole other level of bad in terms
1: of anything. Even the stuff I don't like, it's still not as bad as that. It's just frustrating. This is a movie that just doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel cohesive. There isn't a coherent vision behind this movie. We're going to get to coherent visions at the end of this cast. But. This movie, it doesn't work. And that's okay that it doesn't work. It's probably going to be a great red box rental. And I'll say this, the 3D is pretty underwhelming on it too. Yeah, it was the first film. Which is insane Is they shot native 3D. It should have looked better. Yeah. It doesn't. I feel like the scenes between Garfield and Stone alone justify watching it just because they are so good together. They are so charming together and But at the same time, you could also probably go look up the paparazzi photos of them uh, hanging out together and get a similar vibe. Seriously, those two just seem like they have fun. There's there's such a vibe of that from them. And it's not the worst thing I've seen. It's just that it's so ham-handed. It wants to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's not. And... it it doesn't understand serialized storytelling. Nobody making these movies understands how serialized storytelling works. You can set up larger things to happen, but your film needs to be complete in and of itself. The idea is to think about a full, think about a multiple course meal. Each piece adds up to a greater whole, but it's still satisfying in and of itself. That's not what they're doing with this one, and it's frustrating, so, uh, Let's let's jump gears, because I know you didn't see Spider-Man, so let's jump gears to one we both did see, and oh, it's it's time to get on the happy train. Let's talk about uh, X-Men Days of Future Past.
0: This is uh, my favorite X-Men
1: film, hands down. Mine too. Um, for so many reasons. This is, oh man, this is this is them really swinging for the fences. The X-Men movies have always kind of had, especially in the first two, budget limitations. The, 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 there has been a sense that the scope has been limited. And with this one, they really do amp the scope up. This is the one that finally gives us our uh, Sentinels. This is the one that finally gives us the Sentinels, which I've been waiting the entire franchise for, and they were worth the wait. And what's funny is a lot of people saw the uh, last year's
0: Comic Con, the first uh, the first look at them, and they're like, "Oh, they look like cheap plastic and not threatening at all." Yeah, you see the movie, they are fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah, and the fact that they're the fact that they look like plastic is a plot point. They are plastic. That's a plot point. Yes, it is. This was the movie that brought Brian Singer back um, at long last. He'd produced uh, First Class, but this was his return to the director's chair. He's almost certainly going to be back for Apocalypse. Um, and this movie is basically Singer clearing the decks, getting rid of the stuff he didn't like that had come after him, and doing a huge continuity fix.
0: Yeah, there's some, there's some retconning there's some massive retconning especially with the third film which of course you know i think he probably he got rid of all the stuff that uh that uh fox threw in there uh just to spite him mm-hmm. <laughs> not being not being on the project yeah
1: he i mean he takes the third film outright it's out of continuity uh sadly that also means that the wolverine is out of continuity Yeah, which is weird, because they set up Days of Future Past with the Wolverine. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, they're taken out of continuity, uh, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. And seriously, still see the Wolverine if you get the chance, uh. Oh, yeah, it's a nice little film. It's, it's, that's the, that's the, uh, Logan slicing and dicing movie you want to see. Um, this, this one, this is, this is a big epic film, uh. It takes place in two timelines, of course Uh, You've got The past uh, The stuff in the 1970s That's a whole other layer of why uh,
0: It's probably my favorite X-Men Film is, I'm a big sucker for Time travel.
1: Yeah, as am I I blame Back to the Future Um, It it also takes place uh, In uh, the future Where um, Mutants are being hunted. The film is, of course Based loosely, very loosely But Uh, Close enough that uh, as a fan, I was happy with it as an adaptation on the uh, great Chris Claremont uh, John Byrne story, uh, Days of Future Past. Um, And it's, uh, the idea is simple. Wolverine is sent back in time to uh, stop this uh, future where mutants are hunted by sentinels and it's a dystopia. Wolverine is sent back in time to try and stop Mystique from killing the uh, creator of the Sentinels, who is played here by Peter Dinklage. Mm, yes. And in a brilliant move, the movie never once refers to his height.
0: Yeah, he just, he just is. He's the character. He is
1: an antagonist, but again,
0: he's not like, he's basically, he's like a pawn antagonist. He's, if that makes sense. He's
1: a noble antagonist. You don't sense that he's right. a bad person. You don't sense that he's no. evil. You sense that he really believes what he's doing is right. And, you know, we don't know. Uh, that's the thing. He He's a great antagonist for this series. He's someone who probably can be reasoned with. Who probably can be stopped. Who, who probably can be worked with. And Dinklage has some really great uh scenes where he really discusses what's on this character's mind. He's he's just he's dynamite. Uh yeah, I'm I'm glad to see him in this. Uh I I hope the guy continues to get more work. Of course with this movie, something big had happened between uh the first move between de- uh first class and this movie. Uh Jennifer Lawrence exploded. Yeah. She got an Oscar. She became enormous. The Hunger Games films hit. So, she's huge now. And that meant that, of course, they had to see to it that she had a good-sized part in this movie. Yeah. And they do a good job with that. They do a good job with expo- with giving, with amping her screen time, but making it fit. Yeah. At the end of the day, she is really, this film was really about the battle for her soul. It's about the battle for Mystique's soul. And that's really incredible, to see her realizing, you know, which path she will take, and it winds up being a study of Xavier's mindset. This is not a film that gives us the traditional warm, fuzzy take on Charles Xavier. It makes us realize that he made some mistakes, and that he has to pay for them. It it felt to me like Singer was responding to the idea that Xavier repressed uh, Jean Grey in the past, er, in uh, X-Men 3. It seemed to me like that was Singer saying, I don't like this. And dealing with the moral ramifications of it, James James McAvoy is dynamite, and he does have a scene where he gets to talk to Patrick Stewart.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. That's another thing that uh, sets this film apart is that they bring the two continuities together. They do the, uh, uh, with both sets of casts, and pretty much they get pretty much everybody back, except for maybe Kelsey Grammer.
1: Oh no, he's back. He's back. He is. Yeah, he's there. Oh, cool. He only has, like, a brief line at the end of the movie um, in mm-hmm. the retcon future, but he's there. Hmm, cool. He was willing to come to set and endure all that makeup, and he's on screen for 15 seconds. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because he wanted it that badly. He wanted to come back that badly.
0: Yeah, but uh, everybody's back. Uh, including, including like Ellen Page and she, well, she has a pretty major part in that. Yeah, part.
1: well, because in part because in the original story, she was the one who got sent back, and they need to find some way to keep her central to the story. So she's the one who's I sending see. Wolverine back.
0: And uh, you know, we get we also get some new characters in that, and that, in that continuity. But yeah, so that so it's a nice way to bridge the two sets of films.
1: It's it's nice to see you and McKellen again as Magneto. Oh
0: yeah, and Patrick Stewart, of course, and of course Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and I I love that you know PG thirteen you get one fuck. Uh, they use
1: the exact same fuck. Mm-hmm. It's turned back around. It's turned back around. They also the idea here that Xavier has become a drug addict. Um, addicted to a uh, serum that will give him use of his legs at the cost of his uh, powers, and it's a serious idea that the film really deals with. The film really deals strongly with a disillusioned Xavier, and McAvoy might be the best thing in the entire film. He really gives us an Xavier who is hurting, who is in pain, and he's great. I uh, there th- this is this is a rich film. It also has one of the most fun characters introduced in the X-Men franchise yet. And this was the character that everybody assumed up until the movie came out would just be a throw-in cameo despite uh, Marvel because uh, both Fox and Marvel have the rights to Quicksilver. Yeah. And the thought was, well, Fox is throwing him in there as a uh, middle finger and he's really not going to do anything. Who boy were we wrong.
0: Nope. He doesn't show up for the entire film He's maybe in like 20-25 minutes But oh are they glorious minutes
1: Evan Peters' Quicksilver is awesome And it makes you feel bad for Joss Whedon Because he has to then try and top this And he's not going to Right Um. No, no Peters' Quicksilver He is so much fun in it Because he plays a mutant Who is having the time of his life with his powers this is not somebody who's sitting around brooding about what's wrong with him. He's just having fun with it.
0: The, uh, breakout sequence where, you know, he has to, uh, you know, they're under, like, a little Mexican standoff. And he just, he slows time, puts on his earphones, plugs
1: in, and just does his
0: thing. It's glorious.
1: Uh, it's all set to Time in a Bottle by Jim Croce, and it's just... It's beautiful (laughs) That's right It is just this Sequence where you're just For a moment the film just stops And becomes this amazing Beautiful thing And it's just Oh it's so much fun God this This is an X-Men movie Where we see the character Where we see what they can really do And yeah Quicksilver He's just Oh it's just so much fun Uh, There's even a quick reference to Uh his paternity in the comics, where he uh, encounters Magneto and says, "Oh, you can do that thing, with Mel. Oh, my mom knew a guy who could do that." And that's it. That's the, that's all the movie ever says about it. But it's just there. It's just there. If you want to pick up on it, you can. If you don't, you can't. I just God, this 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 movie was so. I had a great time with it.
0: Oh yeah, this is a this is another one of those movies where I got to introduce one of my friends to Alamo Draft house That's that's great. Always a good thing.
1: I have a I have a friend uh, who's a huge X-Men fan and he went with us and it was just we, we had a great time. Uh, this this is a good one. This is a really good one. Before we get to our next film, I wanna pause and talk about the hype. I, I wanna talk about you know, before we get to Guardians of the Galaxy, let's acknowledge the fact that this movie we've even noted it on some of the casts. This movie was Marvel's big risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, This was was a film where the box office performance was debated for months beforehand. The generally agreed reaction was, it will do okay at best, but this could be Marvel's first big flop. This was a movie that was so risky for Marvel because it was them going into new territory. They'd never done a movie like this before. This is a space opera. It's not a superhero film. It's... An action movie set in space; those are much riskier than people think. I, I know everybody's quick to think about Star Wars. The reason we think about Star Wars is it's the exception. Uh, a lot of the Star Wars ripoffs really failed at the box office. I I cannot convey that enough. Yes, the Star Trek movies have done okay, but they haven't always they haven't always been the big box office movies that you'd think they were always more reliable performers than anything else this genre it's risky, and you're dealing with comics that sell so poorly that they didn't have an ongoing uh guardian series uh until last year. I mean they'd had a few here and there, yeah when they knew that they were going to be making a movie of it yeah that's 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 that that's just to give you perspective about how. Yeah they didn't have an ongoing series until I think February of last year uh, about the time they were starting to shoot this movie. Marvel I mean they would had a previous series uh, a few years earlier but it had come to an end because it just wasn't selling as well as it should. Marvel in this and this realm these comics have never been big sellers. This has not been more so I think in the 70s they were, they sold better but this was Marvel adapting some lesser-known material. These characters were not name-brand. Furthermore, these were weird characters. So, this was a movie that had all the hallmarks of a Scott Pilgrim, of a kick-ass, of a Serenity. It was a movie that the fans would get excited about, but the mainstream public would not embrace. Well, as I think we all know, the, the, the film has come out. And uh, a lot of those articles talking about, I mean, there were articles talking about about the risks of this film's box office the day it was released. Uh, Cracked published an article about how Marvel tricked us into seeing it. Okay. Cracked, I have a lot of respect for Cracked. I love him. I read him every
0: day. Yeah, i I at least, if I don't read all the articles, I at least skim them and or check to see what they have. Yeah. But sometimes they miss. This is one of the misses I think. It was very conspiratorial. It was very like, oh, but this is just like a lot of other films that have been made. It's not special at all. It's like so fucking what? Yeah, so what. Um And plus, you know, I don't I don't appreciate the tone of oh, we were tricked into having fun.
1: No. Into I don't feel I don't feel cheated. No. Well let's let's talk about let's talk about the big x-factor that probably changed everything marvel ran one of the all-time best ad campaigns i've ever seen for a movie oh Uh, shit i would put their ad campaign for this movie in the pantheon of great ad campaigns because they sold the hell out of this movie they started off immediately by saying okay people don't know who these characters are let's introduce them to them Let's explain who these characters are. Let's go through character by character in that first teaser, and let's explain who these characters are, why we should care, and outline what's going on. Also, let's set the tone. Let's tell people, this is an action comedy. This is going to be funny. You're going to get to laugh at this. That first trailer is just, it's beautiful. And it got immediate reaction. That one grabbed people's attention.
0: We have been debating amongst ourselves, you know, whether or not this is going to make money or not, or what kind of money it will make. And it's one of those things that's been of much curiosity for, like, the past year. You know, it came out that, I don't know, something like a day after the trailer came out, sales of Hoot on a Feeling on iTunes uh went up like 900% mm, and then 000. we both looked
1: at each other and went like this is going to do pretty damn well. Yeah. Well, of course, let's let's cut to the chase. The film exploded at the box office. Um as of today, it's probably on track to fall 50% from its first weekend, maybe 53-55%, which for movies like this is insane. That's a that's a good hold. That's a solid hold. It had the best First week of any film in August ever. It set records for best Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in August ever. Ah, ever. Nice. It played through the week. Um, I I didn't get to see it until Tuesday. Um, I had a friend who tried to go see it at uh, one of the local theaters and said he just couldn't get in. It was that swamped. This movie has been playing like gangbusters. and, And here's the thing. A good ad campaign can get you a certain degree of the way. It can get you to a good opening weekend. But at the end of the day, what really has gotten this movie going is word of mouth. Because this movie is awesome. This movie is just plain awesome.
0: fair share that uh i i dragged my cousin along to see it you know she didn't uh know she would like it she's like yeah the raccoon's creepy um not. but i <laughs> but she enjoyed uh she enjoyed immensely i think somebody asked her afterward whether or
1: not uh, she thought still thought rocket was re- creepy and she's like no that's another thing the secret to a really good ad campaign is don't lie to your pe- is don't lie to the viewer yeah. As we've covered before, don't lie to us. If you lie to us, we will reject your work. They didn't lie to us. The the film they sold was the film they had. Um even the soundtrack is a the soundtrack's actually a plot point in the movie, to be fair.
0: Yeah. And you can yeah, you can you can buy the uh, the awesome mix number one
1: soundtrack. Awesome mix volume one. Which is apparently selling through the roof. Apparently yeah. it's Oh, I have it. Yeah, it's selling great. This movie is this movie is a ridiculous amount of fun. Mm-hmm. It's 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 gorgeous to look at. Uh, I did see it in 3D, and I thought that th- that finally Marvel landed a good 3D movie. Uh, yeah, I, th- I did too.
0: I saw IMAX 3D. I got I got the uh, the super special poster, the opening night IMAX I s- poster.
1: I thought the uh, I thought the 3D looked tremendous. I thought it looked. Uh, it's it's a beautiful film to look at. It's just. A Gorgeous film to study Oh yeah And it's What really makes this film so great Is that it's filled with great characters Who we enjoy getting to meet The film is headed up by Chris Pratt uh, Late of the Lego movie And as uh, Peter Jason Quill A.K.A. (laughs) Star-Lord Who is uh, an outlaw A rogue And uh, kind of an idiot To go back
0: to Star Wars He's kind of Han Solo meets Luke Skywalker
1: Yeah He's he's a much smarter character than uh, Pratt usually plays, but he's still got a nice goofy uh, edge to him. Oh yeah. You've got Gamora played by Zoe Saldana because it's a space movie and uh she has to be in those. I I don't I I don't know what else to say. She's just she's in the she's in all these kinds of films. I uh, I don't mind that. I I don't mind that. I I always enjoy watching her. Yeah. She's the adopted daughter of Thanos, who we do get to see in this movie. Uh, We actually get to hear him talk at one point. Uh, We'll get to him in a moment. Um, She's she's good here. I mean, I will say this is nothing that she hasn't done before, but uh, she's still fun here. She's still fun here. Uh, You've also got Drax the Destroyer, uh, played by Dave Bautista, who... I was surprised to discover, apparently not well regarded, uh, within the WWE stable in terms of acting ability, because he's, he's good here. He's really good. hmm And, um, he's fun. And then you've got, uh, the two characters that I think everybody came out of the film really gushing about, Rocket Raccoon and Groot. I am Groot. Yes. Rocket is, of course, a raccoon, as the name suggests, although he hates being called that. Um, voiced by Bradley Cooper in a rare example of casting a celebrity to do a voice and then the celebrity actually stepping in and doing a voice
0: instead of just their own voice
1: yeah uh Cooper actually put a performance in on it he gives a real performance he really tried he doesn't just sound like Bradley Cooper reading lines no he gives it his all and he's great in it he's he's great in it uh Rocket is, uh, very sarcastic, very sardonic, very angry, and very cynical, and we find out why, and it's tragic. It's, it's, it's very tragic. I think one of my friends said, yeah, I
0: did not expect to, uh, cry over Rocket Raccoon, but he made me cry.
1: Yeah, when he reveals his backstory, which is that he was an animal that was experimented on, uh, you feel for the little guy. You feel for him. Um... That said, he gets some huge laughs. Uh, the The bit where they're... It's established early on that he's an expert at breaking out of prisons. So by God, the movie <laughs> yeah. lets us see that. And I'll be goddamned, he comes up with a hell of a plan. I'm gonna need that guy's leg. Oh, God. And then the, and then the payoff to that bit was hilarious. Yes. It's just... Uh, <laughs> this, this movie... Uh. And then, of course, Groot is the character that audiences have really latched onto. He only says, of course, the three words, four words, technically, yeah, well, technically five, uh voiced by Vin Diesel in just which I honestly think Diesel could have gone uncredited, and that would have been fine. He is a tree creature, and he just gets to do some amazing stuff in this movie. He gets to do some incredible stuff in this movie there's one point where he kills a line of uh, enemy soldiers and does it in just the most brutal and awesome way. I mean, it's, wow.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a nice uh, defining character moment. Yeah. Like, you know, he's a very, I don't know, not a pacifist, obviously. No. But a very, a very caring character, you know, very um, in tune with um, nature and people and, Yeah, a very strong sense of justice. And, you know, you get all this with only three words and lots of body and facial expressions. Yeah,
1: he's a real triumph of special effects. Because you believe this character. You believe that this character is there. You believe that he exists in this world. And you you, you really feel for this character. And sadly, he does wind up being the character to make the noble sacrifice. Yeah. Because, of course, he's the character that can... Eventually uh, grow back
0: Right Of course we You know uh, uh,
1: We don't know that Until the very end No But uh, the end where you see his little face come Where you see the face pop up on the stick And you start to see him uh, blooming It's a happy moment And then of course this leads to the uh, Moment of him dancing (laughs) Which is so adorable Which
0: yeah apparently yes Marvel is trying to develop the toy for that
1: why not? I I would buy one. <laughs> this movie really, this movie really caught audiences hard, and for good reason. It's not a perfect film. I think the first 30 minutes are a little rocky in terms of trying to get everything set up. It's very exposition-heavy in that first 30 minutes, but once it hits its stride, first of all, it's it's never it's never a bad film. Far from it. But I'm just saying that it it a lot like a lot of Like a lot of movies, it it takes its moment to hit its stride. Star Wars has that big time, by the way. Um, Really, if you really go back and watch those first 30 minutes, as elegant as they are, you're ready for them to get off the damn planet. It's a movie that takes its time getting set up, and there is a lot of, as I said, there's a lot of exposition in that moment, but once it hits its stride, it runs, and it just runs so hard, and it's so funny. Uh... The film was directed and co-written by James Gunn, formerly of *Troma*, and uh, yes, that does pay off with the cameo by Lloyd Kaufman,
0: <laughs> which took me two tries to actually recognize him. Like I saw him both times. Yeah, you know, the first time it's just like, "Who is that?" I know that face. He looks like Mel Gibson, but he's not old enough.
1: No, it's yeah. It was. I was not Mel Gibson's Mel Brooks. Me, Mel Brooks. Yeah. It was great to see him. It was great to see him in here. It was it was a good. Pro- you know, it was nice to see Gunn nodding to his mentor. Uh, we do get a Thanos cameo, and uh, he's played here by his uh, by the man that will be playing him for the future, uh, Josh Brolin. Yeah, I actually loved that they made the character look like Brolin. I love Brolin and everything that he's in. I do too. He's awesome here. He's awesome uh, as uh, Thanos. Uh, it's quick. It's a quick shot but he's 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 cool in it. I've heard people complain that the villains aren't that impressive and maybe that's so, but um Lee Pace was still scary as hell as uh, Ronan. Oh yeah, he was he was an intimidating presence.
0: Um especially since you know this this film does introduce the concept of the Infinity Stones and you know we see um uh, the connection uh I about the only connection we see to the other Marvel cinematic films yeah. cinematic universe films is the fact that you know the tesseract shows up it's, and it's like yeah that was that was that that's what that was space I think according to uh my friend Dalton but yeah especially uh more intimidating since you see what happens to people who try to wield the power of uh the stone that's being presented in this film and you know the fact that they you know again setting up for a later plot point which is awesome six pretty powerful people tried to share it between them and failed and the fact that Ronan is able to wield this it
1: makes him frightening
0: makes him pretty fucking scary
1: <laughs> yeah i mean this is a villain that you just you you don't want to mess with this guy and ah oh, the action the action in this film is first rate. um the 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 fights are tremendous. Um, the uh, chase. I mean, there's a lot of chase sequences in this film, and they really work. It's a big film. And that's just it. This is this is a very big in scope film.
0: I definitely recommend an IMAX view. This is beautiful to look at. Um, you see a lot of close-ups of Rocket's face, and those are also gorgeous.
1: Yeah, he looks photorealistic. Great
0: effects work. He does. They use they use. Um, Live raccoon references for his animation. I believe Um, it for his look.
1: He looks real. He looks like a real raccoon. It's just that he's talking in a New York accent. That's another thing. I love the accents in this film because you've got New York from him. Uh, Michael Rooker is still talking with an Alabama accent, which I loved that. Um, I loved that he's playing a blue uh, alien with a mohawk, who still talks like he's from Alabama. He's awesome in it. I just this movie is wonderful. This movie is oh. a
0: lot of great characters, even beyond uh the team. Uh even like the side like John C. Riley has uh a small part in this, but you know, that seems like a fully formed character. Yeah. Glenn Close, Nova Prime. Uh she has even she has even less screen time, but she seems like a pre you know, if you delved into that, she'd be
1: uh, Benicio Del Toro, man, in his one scene, he is, he's on it. He's in another world in this movie. He's, he's wonderfully blitzed out of his mind in it, and it's awesome. But yeah, to get into the
0: personalities of the main characters, you know, they, uh, it's an ensemble film, and, you know, talked previously about how, you know, I think one of the reason, one of the main reasons why Joss Whedon was signed on for the Avengers is that he's very good at directing ensembles. But the thing about that film was, um, you know, all those characters have been introduced in their own movies. You know, and this is the first movie for each of these characters. So they do a good job um, balancing them out, all their stories, all their motivations. They're, They're each distinct characters. They're each fun characters. And we spend some time, we spend a decent amount of time with each of them. And they did a really good job. Yeah, they did. That's gonna be great. I really hope that they uh, that they do get to cross over with some of the other films.
1: I think the thought is that eventually this is gonna lead to a really epic uh, Avengers three. Ah yes. That's the that thought is awesome. that is that Avengers three might be where these characters wind up on Earth.
0: And I know that uh, that'd be cool. I doubt if they're gonna do this because I know that. Um, at this point, we don't know what capacity Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man will have in uh, Avengers 2, except that, of course, he's going to be in it. Yeah, because of how 3 ended. But I really hope for Guardians 2, they get Robert Downey Jr. in there. Because, you know, in the comics, he he's in there uh, pretty notoriously.
1: Yeah, he uh, he's in there for at least an arc. I think he heads out after the second arc. But, um it's it's fun. Yeah, they they the that's another thing. I have to pause here to note this. Please read the comics. If you're someone who really loved this movie, go pick up the current comic book series that they've got. It's oh yeah. It's right up your alley. If you enjoyed the first if you enjoyed this movie, you'll really enjoy the comics. The comics are they're pretty much the same. I mean, and you actually did uh lend me your Digital copy Legitimate
0: non-pirate Yeah, digital copy Yes Of, uh, yeah Of your uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 And, yeah, it's great It's worth a pick-up
1: read Because they were doing the series at a time When they knew what the lineup would be for the movie The lineup is pretty much identical I mean, the thought was This would be a comic that people Who saw the movie would enjoy That they would see it And they would... Go in and pick this up.
0: Another thing to note for Free Comic Book Day this year, they had a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, thing, and it did pretty much the same thing as the trailer day, except for maybe a little more in depth. It introduced all the characters uh, in a brilliant, irritating way.
1: And we'll link to that. We'll link to that because it's online for free. Oh yes. Oh yes, uh, we will. They also did a Rocket Raccoon one, which was great. Had a blast with that one. Uh, this is Marvel taking a risk and knocking it out of the park. I've got so much love for this movie. I want to go see it again. I have a feeling that a lot of my complaints would actually be eradicated if I watched it again because I'm already in the rhythm so, yeah. by that point. The soundtrack we mentioned is a plot point and it is so much... It All you need to do is watch this movie and then watch the uh, sequence in Amazing Spider-Man 2 where I think it was radioactive by Imagine Dragons plays. And Because that's a popular song yeah, right now. and that's just it. That's how that feels. The songs in that movie never feel like they were chosen for anything other than, well, they're popular. The songs in this movie set a tone beautifully. When in the opening, uh, Star-Lord is dancing around to come and get your love, and like picking up space rats and singing into them, and just dancing around as he's committing this uh, theft, it is so much fun, and it sets the tone.
0: Yeah. And, you know, each of the songs has some spin on what's going on in the film.
1: Yeah. When uh, when The Runaways Cherry Bomb plays, it's as these characters are suiting up to go into battle.
0: One of the last songs, the, uh Yeah plays on the wreckage of his ship, and it's also... Uh, A nice plot point Oh god It's genius That's a
1: glorious moment It is This is a movie that Again the soundtrack is selling It's selling hard Uh, Might even top billboard this week Um, And of course the toys are going to sell Man the toys are going to sell Oh yeah That's the joy of a risk like this Just
0: yesterday I was in FYE I saw a rocket figure with a machine gun Talking and he actually shoots it I I took pictures of it. I'll post it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would have had to. I would have had to get that. Um, if I have the money, if I have the money, eventually, I'm gonna start getting some of this stuff. Um, I want a plush rocket, and I definitely want a Groot. That's why Hollywood takes risks like this, is because when they pay off, they pay off. And sure, some will step back and say, "Well, this wasn't really that much of a." Re- no, it was. It was movies like this are not guarantees. Um and if you want proof that they're not guarantees, look at how hard Warner Brothers tried on Pacific Rim. Yeah. Which I know a lot of people are gonna be raising their hands and say, But we're getting a sequel. Yeah, we're getting a sequel because of international numbers. We're not getting a sequel based yeah. on domestic numbers.
0: Because because gee,
1: kaiju films do really well overseas, I wonder why. It did not do well over here. They tried on that one. They tried so hard. So movies like this Are risks, and you can do everything you can, but if it doesn't land, it it, it's a risk. And this is one of those times where, by God, it hit and it hit hard. And I think we could analyze why it hit over and over again. But I think at the end of the day, it was this simple: audiences saw the trailer, they liked what they saw, they chose to go see it, they liked what they saw, they came out, they told other people. It should be noted also the film has really phenomenal reviews. That like 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, which really makes that cracked article look stupid because it's like well, the the critics loved it. I mean, the critics really loved it. It's got tremendous word-of-mouth. This is this is a big win for Marvel. And um we also have to briefly address the post-credit scene. And this is the big reason I wanted spoilers on.
0: Yes, yes, yes. There're Two, of course. One is the dancing group, mm-hmm. and there's there's no setup for future films. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But yeah, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck shows up. Yes, and apparently, according to my cousin, because I know we both looked for it, we saw it. We saw it um, Thursday, like at seven o'clock, and then we went back to see it, and took my dad along on Saturday uh, at ten a.m. So we did see it twice in the opening weekend. The second time, we both actively looked for Howard in the collector sequence. My cousin found him. He's up in a corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did not see him, and that's uh, that's a shame, because I really yeah. I love Howard the Duck, as I've said before. And honestly, I've really, for those who are curious, I've actually kind of softened on my opinion on the movie. I, I still have some serious issues with it, but I do kind of have some warmth for it, too, to be honest. I mean... It's at least weird. I'll I'll give you yeah. that. It's it's at least weird. It's it's not what it should be, and Howard still looks ugly as sin. But I don't know. It's, uh, for me, the scenes that are actually like the comics are what at least make it worth. At this point, it's so easy to get your hands on for free But it's at least worth it for that.
0: But yeah, Howard has like maybe two lines. Uh, he shows up at the end in the wreckage of the collector's uh, collection. Yeah the the dog the uh, the space dog Cosmo Cosmo yeah because he is an actual character yes, in the comics is. as I later learned and they and there's a nice moment there's a nice nod to that when Rocket comes past and he's growling at him and Rocket growls back yeah it's great because they do have a bit of a run in yeah um so nice little tip of that. I'll post the um there was a video I saw that on it was uh um. Uh, um, what is it? Yeah, the Easter eggs hidden in Like I'll oh, see, I'll find that and post it. But, but yeah, uh, kind of starts licking him. Like, Why you let him lick you? It's disgusting. And then he sips his martini.
1: Yeah, and and then just to make sure that the audience isn't confused, the we immediately get a we immediately get a credit for uh Steve Gerber and Val Mayurik as creators of Howard the Duck. I mean, they name him. It's, there's no mistaking it. That's Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it should be noted, the voice, for those who are curious, the voice, even though it's only a couple of brief lines, the voice that you're hearing is Seth Green. Yeah. that's uh, Seth Green is Howard the Duck, which is awesome casting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, and,
1: speaking and, of... Uh... Speaking of
0: barely recognizable cameos, we have to briefly hit on the fact that Nathan Fillion is in the film. He is, of
1: course. Under heavy makeup and/or CG. The, well, the idea is that Fillion wants to eventually do something more with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he is uh, so close with both uh, James Gunn and uh, Joss Whedon, of course. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're in tight with two of the major architects of what's going on. And uh, it should be noted, Gunn has already signed on to do the sequel. Yeah, write and direct. Yeah, he's going to write and direct. Uh, it, so it's, I mean, that's that's definitely happening. We are definitely getting a sequel. And I think Marvel's probably even sitting here going, gosh, we've got a ways to wait on this. Is there any way we can move it up? Right. Yeah. Uh, and the sequel will open, I believe, in the middle of summer. I think that's the plan like good like marvel they're feeling really confident about the future of this franchise
0: and they should we had already mentioned that they moved the batman versus superman film was supposed to come out next summer and it's coming out instead um spring 2016 yeah march 20 yeah they announced that they announced that during the during last weekend Mm -hmm. so i think
1: it's pretty much a direct result there's a sense that they're on the run to be honest uh but I don't want to get into the company rivalries i t- to me it's bullshit i'll watch i'll watch it. I'll watch all of it that's how I, I i'm a fan of the genre
0: who wins
1: the audience does yeah if the movies are good, we're the ones that <laughs> win so um but yeah, you're right getting back to yeah Fillion has that quick cameo um i just i, I mean again i I feel like with guardians, I'm kind of tapped out just because it's fun i don't want to yeah. su- i don't want to quote too much of the dialogue. I want the I want it to be seen. Oh, it's so quotable though. It is so quotable. I have also had quote offs on uh, over Facebook. Oh, me too. It's it's just this. I expect to see a lot of uh, little rockets running around this uh, Halloween. I expect to see this one. I think this one's gonna really hit the kids hard. But as I said, I I I feel like if that's Marvel's year, three fourths of uh, you know three quarters of the uh, 2014 movies are really good and one of them is mixed to to me the greatness of the three films that they knocked out of the park outweighs far 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 outweighs my mixed feelings about Spider-Man and I love that I love that that I really feel like Marvel at this point uh Brian Singer back running the X-Men show tells me that they've got a solid cohesive idea going on there Singer knows what he's doing and I'm excited. I suppose this would be a good moment for us to look at what's ahead in the uh, next year, because we'll be doing one of these next year. For the record, oh, of course, next year we've got, and I don't have release. I don't have a release date for it, but I know we've got Fantastic Four next summer. I have no idea what to think of this one. I I just don't. I don't have any reaction to it. Uh, I know that it's kind of a cash grab by Fox to try and hold on to the rights. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Marvel and Fox have a toxic relationship. They have an atrocious relationship. They do not there's no love lost between those two companies. So there's that. Um I don't know what to make of uh I don't know what to make of the new uh Fantastic Four movie. I'll see it, but uh without even a trailer or anything to go on. It is coming from Josh Trank who did Chronicle. So I have that giving me some hope. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They did announce a Doctor Strange movie, didn't they? They haven't f- formally like, they've announced that they have a director. They haven't officially confirmed it's the other film in 2016, but it's the other right. film in 2016. We all know it. Hell, we all pretty much at this point know who's going to play the part, but I'm not going to say the name because I don't want yeah. it to be proven wrong, but we probably know who's doing it. do to jinx it. We probably know who's doing it. It's probably perfect. But uh, Scott Derrickson who did uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose in Sinister, is uh, directing uh, Doctor Strange. He's someone with a background in this kind of material, so I think it's going to be awesome. And that's, and that's
0: the great thing. The other great thing that comes out of the success of Guardians of the Galaxy is that A, Marvel will take more risks in the future, uh, and B, this means we could see more outside of the, the core Avengers team. Yeah and uh in the in the expansion,
1: Well, it's just that now they realize that they can print money with anything
0: yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> I mean that's how they have to feel when do the when do the netflix uh main series come out
1: uh I don't know uh they've only started they've only started shooting one of those uh yeah, the only with one Daredevil, yeah, with Daredevil, which is oh man, we have to address that. That will probably be out next year
0: that's one um copyright they've wrenched from fox's hands was that fox
1: yeah it was fox um and i'm really excited about that i think that's going to be really they've got a good cast coming together for it and uh i'm excited about that i think that's going to be really entertaining uh daredevil will lend himself naturally to a series format we don't have any word on any of the other ones but that one is shooting and we will definitely get that next year uh 13 episodes um, yeah. Still waiting to hear on any of the other ones, but I think they want to get this one up and running, and then look at the others. That'd be great. Um, of course, n- naturally we mentioned Ant Man is coming next year, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll. I'll see. I'll wait and see. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't know everything that happened behind the scenes, and yeah, I don't even know that. I. I don't want to lay blame. I don't want to. I just. I don't know. I. I have no idea what really happened. Yeah,
0: my, my, I think my summary, uh, understanding of it is just simply, it was a difference in vision. It was a difference in vision. It was an amiable split, you know, no bridges were burned. It was just like, they just reached a point where they're like, yeah, I think, I think what you want and I want are two different things. Because,
1: I mean, Riot started working on this before the MCU was really finalized. And. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know what to make of it Yeah, I'm going to let them do what they want to do
0: They just grew apart from each other on that Because yeah, that was released uh, I think when I first heard of that was uh, 2008 And that was right after Iron Man came out And they were still kind of developing everything
1: So We'll see Yeah But of course the big gun The big gun that hits next year Avengers Age of Ultron
0: We're going to do another meetup for that?
1: Yeah, we are indeed this this time the plan is to come to little rock
0: yes i think that we are probably
1: going to uh are we going to record a live episode i think that's what we'll do i think that's what we'll do yeah um i I see no reason not to i think avengers will be worth it um and then probably do the other two um marvel films in their own separate episode because avengers is going to be epic enough to deserve its own episode so we'll we'll do that and we'll probably have a special guest on that episode uh Right now, the plan uh, yes, yes—the plan is to have a third. We're gonna have a third party when we go to see that. So uh, I should know we should qu- quickly hit on the fact that there is technically speaking one more film to come out this year. Mm-hmm. Big Hero Six is coming, mm-hmm. and it's very loosely a Marvel film in that it's drawing its name from a comic that comes from Marvel, but it won't really have much to do with it. They might lift a few elements, but it, it's—I'm it, not counting it. Looks good, but I'm not counting it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sort of an honorary mention. And, yeah,
1: the trailers look fun. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks cute. Um, But I just, yeah. I really feel like, you know, Marvel, they know what they're doing. Which, you know, we do know who's uh, directing uh, Cap 3. Uh, that's what's nice, is I am seeing some really clear... Marvel's really starting to look at, okay... Keeping some stability going on. The Russo brothers are coming back for Captain America 3, yeah. which is great. They they really... They swung for the fences on that one. Then you've got uh, Gunn is absolutely back for Guardians. Uh, and by the way, I have to pause to note, Gunn's reaction to this on the internet... You can feel his amazement at what's happened. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's just amazed by where, by where he is and... You can tell he never saw this reaction coming. And it's it's really touching. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who has never... He hasn't had a big hit film before. His previous films were very low-grossing. And, he, and he's got a film that people really love. That's the thing. People really love this film. And so he's really touched by it. And I, I, I like that. Um, but can't rest on your laurels too much. The ending of that one promised a sequel. And the reaction that I've heard from everybody else is, okay, so you're going to deliver that, right? Right. Yeah, they're they're not gonna look like fools for having promised a sequel and uh No, this is not one of those cases where they promise a sequel and then they don't ever make it. No. They're definitely making it. Uh it'll be in twenty seventeen. Yes, they they set a date pretty quick. Yeah, they said they set a date before the film came out. Because I'm guessing Marvel must have seen some internal numbers that told them you can say this. Yeah. Yeah. This but I don't know. As I said, I think the future looks great for the company. Um, I wish they would get their relationship with Fox a little bit sorted out, because as it stands right now, it's starting to hurt the comics. Um, They're starting to take it out on the Fox-owned properties. They're not doing quite enough with the X-Men. And there's talk that they may cancel Fantastic Four to spite Fox. The licensing issues there are all kinds of complicated, and I'm not big on it. I hope it all gets sorted out because I, I'd like to see, you know. Don't don't let it hurt the comics. Uh, the X Men comics are so good right now. But I don't know. I've got a lot of hope. Uh,
0: just for a little bonus, cracked really uh, recently released an article a, uh, on uh, comics and ways that creators have kind of uh, worked the system with that, kind of like undermining the. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, it it mentions how it mentions what Steve Gerber did with Howard the Duck, uh, after he left. It you know it mentions that uh, they have had there have been unofficial uh, Avengers Justice and Justice League crossovers
1: uh, in the seventies. Not to mention the actual official one. Yeah, I have to pause here and say if you can get your hands on the uh, Justice League Avengers uh, trade, which is probably still fairly easy to get your hands it's out there it's not hard to find read it it's awesome why would you not want to read this story it's great
0: yeah, we uh we'll post a link to that that article also cuz that was that was great and it it ties in nicely mm-hmm. to this discussion
1: i think that i think the future's good i think the future's good and uh you know i i want to close with one last thing i would say to people is if you haven't had a chance to see the fantastic 4 1994 film still do that it's still on YouTube. Yeah, so you know, see that. And so, uh, and it, by the way, I should I'll, I should also note at some point I do want to do the Marvel TV movies. I do want to hit those up. Uh, we will be hitting those up at some point, possibly next year. Possibly next year. We need to wait for a lull, and that's not going to happen. But uh, we we may we may get those at some point because I, I really want to do Generation X, at least one of the Captain Americas and uh, the Amazing or the. Spider-Man, whatever they call the pilot At least do the pilot of the TV show Because they're, they're not very good None of these are any good But I still kind of want to touch on them
0: So yeah, yeah, you can find this on our blog Where we will post all The glorious you know, Supplemental material links You can find that at And that is, that is our general feed also uh, If it's more convenient for you We are also on iTunes Just look up The Film Room and we're pretty easy to find there. Uh, you can follow us on our Twitters. The cast Twitter is at Film Room Cast. Our individual Twitters, uh, Austin is at Untitled User. I am at P R D. You can find us on Facebook, like us, like, comment, send us love, send us hate, send us everything. We post a fair bit on there, you know, uh, movie news and just our opinions on films we've recently seen, all uh, good stuff. It's Facebook.com slash the Room. Uh, fairly simple. Yeah, you can you can email us at filmroompodcast.gmail.com at gmail dot com. Send us topics. Uh, chances are we'll probably use it. Um, yeah, we are amenable. Our side blog is the film room lobby, where you can find essays about topics that we want to discuss, but don't necessarily make for good full episodes. You could find that at the dot wordpress dot com. Also, have to do some plugs for this one. We were recently on our friend Omega Will's podcast, Will Benz. Uh, he has a podcast called Cthulhu on Parade.
1: You've heard him before.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, and you will hear him again. And especially if you listen to uh, the four hours that we were on. <laughs> it was actually a pretty fun session. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played we played a game of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, we will post the link to that. Uh, I think it's uh Cthulhu Parade That's where you can find his cast. Our episode is number thirty-seven. We're episode thirty-seven, the writhing hill. So uh you can you can hear us on that and where else and we're also uh J JJ joined us for that too. You've heard him before. And we'll hear him again. Another shout out we, we recently got a shout out on the kind of epic show. Um, and that, that released today, I think, today or yesterday. They're awesome. They're awesome, I just gotta say. Yeah, I, I have not listened yet, but, oh god, I plan to remedy that soon.
1: They're, 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 they're they're an awesome cast. I, they, they, they're very similar to us. They've got a couple guys on there that really know, uh, comics, and they all know film, and so, they're excellent, they're excellent. I'm glad to give them a plug, uh. Kind of Epic
0: Show, and they're based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, which... I actually have some ties to that area, so that's cool. It's a lovely city. It's a lovely city. Yeah. Their latest episode is... Okay. I don't think their latest episode has been posted yet, but by the time that this is posted, because we are kind of recording this uh, a couple couple casts back... Yeah. We just um, wanted to get it out of the way to talk about Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It will be out, so we will have a link to that. But give them a
1: listen seriously.
0: Yeah. Uh, there uh there you can find their podcast at journal at kind dot podmatic dot com yeah, so give them a listen,
1: yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: We're making lots of connections, yeah
1: and <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love this I suppose I should note that uh, I'm continuing my project too, If you mind me giving that a plug, yeah, do it for the unaware i am d- I am doing a blog about uh high functioning autism which I have and I'm you about my life with it uh that's at a flickeringlife.wordpress.com and I, I I touch on some film here and there and um, so yeah that's that's also up but uh yeah
0: and speaking from a different point of view yeah his his blog is amazing and it's it gives some really good viewpoints on on what this is like because it's you know it's kind of a
1: different world what annoys me is we're always talked about from the outside mm mm-hmm. mhm like most of the books that I see are from the outside. There are there are some interior books. There are definitely there's definitely a healthy amount of them, but generally speaking, the view seems to be it's just like God damn it, I can hear you. Most of the books are about how do you deal with someone with it, and it's like right. God damn it, I can talk. I can tell you that myself, you know. So.
0: But that's that. Next up on The Filmer, we'll be chatting out the Disney Renaissance. It's our Christmas special, or rather, Christmas gift to you, since it doesn't actually have anything to do with Christmas. So look
1: for that on December 25th. Till then, I'm Austin Shin. I'm Albert Riltspaw. Excelsior, y'all. Excelsior! Y'all. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things are get brighter. Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Someday, yeah, put it together and we'll get it undone. brighter
0: Someday yeah. Put it together and we'll get it I'm done Someday yeah. Someday yeah. We'll walk in the rays of our beautiful sun Someday yeah. Dance off bro Me versus you It's on